Welcome to episode 8 of the Faith in Real Life podcast. In today's episode, we take our second stop on the Bible Road Tour, which is Proverbs 3, 5. And before we get started, I'm just going to drop a little disclaimer right here. The views expressed in this conversation may be offensive to your comfortable Christianity. So, wow, yes. I know, right? <laughs> um, I actually thought for a moment... If people were offended, because I can see myself listening to this, or because this is how I felt during the sermon. Marquise was talking, it was like, oh my gosh, has he been reading my texts, you know? Well, my dad always said that uh, a pastor's job was to comfort the uncomfortable and make the comfortable uncomfortable. So if you felt a little uncomfortable, I know he's doing his job. So basically, we haven't like tapped into your Alexa or anything. We that might be just be the Holy Spirit. Anyway, I'm your host Amy Dalkey, and I'm your host James Thompson. So here we go. All right, Proverbs three five. Can you want to read it? Sure. I'm actually going to read five and six. Um, uh, Proverbs three five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. I know that Marquise kind of focused on the first part of that, just on five, but I thought, for me, my personal studying of that verse, I think it, you need to have both parts of it. Right. Um, I think Marquise's message this week was, he actually focused in trust in the Lord, and then he questioned who your Lord was, uh, or who you considered to be the Lord that you are serving. And then he also focused with on the phrase, with all your heart. Um, he talked about how it's not used very often in the Old Testament, maybe a handful of times, and that that was meant to be with your everything. Right. And then he posed a question at the end as to what parts of your everything have you not given up? Which is kind of where I got a little bit shifty in my pew. That's where the conviction started, <laughs> right? yes. Right. When he first laid it out, which let me just say, we talked about this a minute ago, that when any pastor will do a PowerPoint and has like highlighted words and color-coded words, and then he talks about Hebrew definitions, I'm in my zone, right? This so, is my person. Well, I listened to it on... Um off of the website, so I didn't get a chance to uh, to nerd while I was yeah. sitting in the pew like some it's people. Unfortunate. So I didn't get to see the, the PowerPoint, but I do like I do like when you they go back to the original text mm-hmm. and and they they show how each one of those words, as it's been translated, means one thing, but there's a nuance in you know in the original language that you know that that provides some uh, you know a depth that you kind of mm-hmm. miss. You know, you just kind of take it for granted. Right. Well, when, when he first kind of laid it out and said, um, trust in Jesus Christ with everything. I mean, I can get all, all cheerleader about that. I'm a card-carrying Methodist. You know, I've got, I love Jesus in my Instagram profile. I mean, that, it's easy to say, of course I trust in Jesus. But then when he kind of turned it around and threw out the, who is the Lord that you trust in? That's when I got uncomfortable and started dreading this podcast. Well, and I was convicted at the very end when he when he straight out when he says that when he challenges you like hmm. So I, I thought about it too, and it's easy to ignore what you don't give up because you just don't think about it. So then right. you know, just sort of taking taking stock is when I I started thinking. Okay, I, I know where I tend to fight with with God on certain things, and then what was convicting for me is the places where I realize that I don't give things up is those places where I have no patience. 
So explain that. Oh, I'll, well. Okay. Or are we too early for that? No, we can we can do it now. I mean, I, you know, if you want an example, I can I can go into my example of, of one of the areas, or we can wait. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll I'll explain a little bit. And uh, so, one of the things that, that came to my mind where I tend to not give it up so easily is in dealing with my kids and sort of I guess just in general rearing sort of discipline issues you know it's when they're acting up right you know whereas ideally I would try to redirect them to the proper response that they should right. have and I would you know give them the seeds of the spirit and say hey look you know the bible says this if you're angry you know it's it's better to you know to be slow to anger and this and that and so then, you know, I do that. You know, we try, Missy and I try to to give them Bible mm-hmm. verses that would help them deal with every issue that they have that is causing conflict by and between them. So then, you know, great. You plant the seed, but the problem with seeds is they take time to grow. <laughs> and so when I don't see immediate results, then I start to, okay, I got this. Then I start yelling or I start, you know, uh, not being as responsive and more reacting instead of responding i i just i'll feed on their energy and then it so i was thinking about that so you know if it's if it grows fast it's probably not a plant it's more of a weed and that's probably not a good thing anyway so you know that's that's kind of what i was looking at it's it's more of a failing on my inability to wait um and let those things flourish as you're talking i'm visualizing a scene from my house just (laughs) five or six days ago oh this Um, is from this morning for me (laughs) nice no, I get that. I totally get that. That's an interesting thought. That's interesting because the patience piece of that comes from who we're trusting or what we're trusting in, right? Yeah, Related. I mean, the fact that I take it back, I give it, and then I take it back immediately when I don't see results right. is sort of my my not thinking that God's going to got it. Exactly. My not trusting that he's going to take care of it. Exactly. Wow. Well, okay, so let's go back to trust for a minute and what trust really means. So we're trusting Jesus Christ with everything, but what does that even mean? I looked at the Hebrew word up for trust in this verse and didn't even write it down, honestly. That's how amazing I am today. But basically it means what it's what we place our confidence in. It's where what our security is in. And I thought about my house. Like, I don't walk around my house worrying that the walls are going to cave in or the roof is going to, you know, crumble in or fly away. I mean, those little things, like, it's so easy to trust in things like that. Does that make sense? It does. And what's interesting is that, you know, with that specific example, Mm -hmm. you had an issue last year. Yeah, true. Where you had to leave the house. Right. And it had nothing to do with the house. It had to do with something. You were trusting in the house that you were going to stay safe in there, but it had nothing to do with you. Right. The house was at at risk because of the potential flooding. Uh And so you had to leave. Right. So even the things that we trust in, which, you know, had nothing to do. It's always something unexpected. The a commentary a commentary that I had, I had looked up on this verse talked about we must believe that he is able to do what he will wise to do what is best and good according to his promise to do what is best for us if we love him and serve him that was sort of a rephrasing of the trust in the Lord part and okay lean not on your own understanding right it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding there's clearly a difference between our understanding and God's understanding. 
which ties back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Ross. So I, that's where I latched on on this. So, I, you know, you've talked about trust. Marquise talked about Lord. Right. Um, and then all your heart. And so when I was first, when I first read the t-shirt and I'm looking at the verse, right. um, what I latched onto was your own understanding. So what is my understanding? Oh, obviously that's the easy part. My understanding is what I believe about, you know, things and mm-hmm. how I think I can impact things. And so I was thinking, well, what is, you know, what do we contrast that with? And that's God's understanding. And so then I started just doing, looking at verses that, that, that dealt with understanding. Like, where do we get God's understanding? How do we, what do we know mm-hmm. about God's understanding? And needless to say once you start looking for verses about that about a particular thing they're they're all over the place and so what i learned is god's understanding has no limit that's psalm 140 5 great is our lord and mighty and mighty in power his understanding has no limit hmm. okay so it's it's limitless the next thing I found, the next verse I found was Isaiah forty twenty eight, which talks about the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. So great. It's limitless and I'm not going to understand it anyway. Right. <laughs> but then, um, so then it's like, okay, so how do we gain a better understanding of God's understanding? Today's podcast is brought to you by the word understanding. But God gives us understanding. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. That's Proverbs 2.6. Understanding is all over Proverbs. Mm -hmm. And then if we study his word in Psalm 119.104, I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. So if, if we focus on God's word we will get a better understanding of what God's understanding is. Right. And so, yeah, it goes back to the perspective deal. We think one thing, God thinks something totally different. The issue has always been, are we going to live our lives according to what God says, or are we going to live our lives according to what we see as good? Our own definition of good or God's definition of good? And... With that said, I, you went to, okay, so what is understanding? How do we get God's understanding? I, I have to do this on a regular basis. I have to make a T-chart of what my understanding is and what God says. And, I mean, I probably do this on a regular basis just because I've got a lot of issues well, <laughs> a lot to of, sort it, through. The sad thing is a lot of people don't even do that. They don't acknowledge the fact that maybe what they think is not in line right. with what God thinks. Right. And so you'll see a lot of people, or if you ask, if you ask a lot of people, you know, what, what is, what, you know, what do Christians say about this? Or what do you believe about this? And they'll say, I think, or mm-hmm. I've always mm-hmm. been told, or this person said, or my favorite pastor, you know, mentioned this. Right. Uh, and they never even bother to go to the Bible. Well, that's why I think it's, it's pretty, probably pretty basic. If you, you'll learn God's understanding by reading his word. Well, right. that makes sense. Yeah. No, <laughs> Otherwise absolutely. you're just going off of what other people said and you're, you're never, you're never fully going to the, the source. But I think people are content to do that. I mean, it, it takes work. It does take work. We're doing a family devotion. It's a Tony Evans family devotion. We do it every time we have a meal. And this week is about goal setting. And one was, what are your goals when it comes to becoming a better Christian? Wow. And so, you know, we asked the kids that. Lexi said, you know, go to church mm-hmm. or make time to go to church. Mm-hmm. And Isaac said, read the Bible more. 
and Missy said, pray more. I mean, so those, I mean, you don't need much more than that, right? right? I mean, you need the fellowship, you need the actual reading of the word, mm-hmm. and then you need prayer to, to further your relationship with God. So, I mean, it's not difficult what you need to do. You, people just don't do it. Right. We don't do it. Right. You know, I'll throw myself in there, too. I mean, I don't do it as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we're doing the devotion is sort of an acknowledging, okay, we got to get, we're not doing the word on a daily basis, especially with the kids. You know, we're leaving it up to them Saturday, or I mean, not Saturday, it's to Sundays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've got to take more of a, a lead on that conviction there. Right. <laughs> it, it goes to priorities. I mean, the things that we prioritize in life, and this is where I think some people might feel like I'm ruffling feathers, but... If you aren't spending time in the Word and in prayer, then I think you have to kind of check your priorities because that's that's where your source of life is. That's your source of nourishment for your spirit. And I can say that when I go without that, I'm, I'm not so stable. It's hard to keep myself stable when I when I do have that, right? No, I think I think that's exactly right. I think we make excuses for ourselves. I don't have time to do this. Right. But how many times did you check Facebook? I know. And I have to. I have to. I, str- I find myself struggling to get it done. I've got this uh, Bible in a year deal, and I am firmly ensconced in March. Oh, and so we're like, we're in, Ju- you know, we're in July. And so that was one of the goals that I had when I was discussing this with the kids is that I need to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, it's a passage of New Testament, Old Testament, Psalm, Proverb every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm three months behind and we're halfway through the mm-hmm. year. And so, you know, I can make all sorts of excuses, but it's just not, I'm not making the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll check Facebook, I'll post, I'll like stuff. Uh, and it is about priorities. And I think people don't like to, you know, they like to have excuses. Well, I don't have time to attend a Bible study. Right. You have time. Right. Because you have time to go get a pedicure and get your hair highlighted. And, I mean, I'm just thinking of all those things that I make time for. All right. So let's kind of go through. This is what I did. And you don't have to chime in, right? But I, I, I did one of my T-charts. I went through some things that I've got some pretty rooted beliefs on on certain things and then what God says. And to be completely frank, some of these things in here are things that I have to regularly remind myself, okay, am I going to line up with my own understanding or am I going to believe that God's way is better? Even though I, though I can't see it, it's what he says and so that's how I'm going to live. The first one was on satisfaction or I guess my desires if you will what is it that satisfies my desires and it's so easy for me to slip into the the mindset that the things that satisfy me are the things that I can see and touch and buy at Nordstrom specifically Uh, is this a Tory Burch deal yeah I do love Tory Burch I'll honestly say that it's kind of uh, evolved from that though it's not so much Tory Burch now as it's just I love Target and this is gonna sound really strict I'm not saying that Target's evil but man Target sets you up to think that that place will make you happy and everything in it the new Magnolia line like which you know I can give or take but it's everything, everything. Even if I if I buy totally off-brand hand wash that's in a fancy package, my house is going to be just wonderful. Everybody is going to feel so good when they wash their hands with my brand new soap. 
that's really stretching it. I don't, I don't go that far, but yeah, I, I mean, there's a whole industry based on that. I, I get it. I'm trying to think for myself what that would be, but um, it's not Target. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> well, Larry and I, this I wasn't even going to mention this, but we were at Academy last night. There and you go, Academy. Just yeah, Academy can kind of be the Target to some yeah. degree. So we were there and. I have a scratch on my Ray-Bans, okay? This is like totally first world problem. <laughs> and, but all summer long, I've just been dealing with a scratch and I've been thinking, I really want a new pair. Now, why can't I just buy a random pair of sunglasses? I don't know. But at Academy last night, I said, oh, I need a new pair of sunglasses. And Larry's like, need, right? You need some. And he's like, okay, whatever. And so I'm going to look at the sunglasses. For one, I'm like shocked that he's given his approval here. And so I'm looking and then my the whole time I'm thinking, are these really going to make me happy? Is this, is this, do I need this? You know, I didn't buy them. I was really proud of myself. I think that also goes to like, like, I guess money, too. Like, how we treat mm-hmm. money. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, some people are like, oh, I, I, you know, I can't afford to, you know, to tithe or do whatever. And then, so they give one amount to the church, but every Sunday they go out to eat, and it's like 50 bucks. Right. I mean, it's, so, I mean, it's, it is one of those things. It, it's, it's amazing where your time and energy are actually spent as opposed to, I guess, when maybe you think it is, it goes. Right. So what is, what is, so that's your. So that's mine. But, I mean, the word says, well, Psalm 107, 9, for example, says, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Jesus is the only true satisfaction for our aching, hungry souls. Isaiah 58, 11 says, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. He will make your bones strong, and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Christ in us is our true satisfaction. All these other things that we put our hopes in are springs of water that will dry up, essentially. The satisfaction of God lasts forever. One of my other go-to favorites and probably the most appropriate for the things that I've just discussed. Isaiah 55 two. why do you spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? But listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. You know, we spend money on things that don't satisfy. We work hard for things that are only temporary. But if we listen to God and do things his way, I mean, that's our ultimate satisfaction, is it not? You, you know what I find interesting is that when people discover sort of the truth, uh-huh. but they didn't get there through Jesus. So one of the things that I've been looking at lately is, it's I'll plug them, the minimalists. Right. Their whole deal is minimizing to find personal fulfillment or enrichment by having less stuff you can focus on other things right you know you can travel more you can Mm -hmm. spend more time with your family you don't get focused on 
stuff, mm -hmm. which I think is sort of the end result here. Like we're finding our worth in other things, right? Stuff that you know will eventually will you know we're excited when we buy it. It's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. After we have it, then you know we want yeah. something else. We want something new, um, and so their whole thing is to focus against not buying stuff for six months. They'll challenge their, the people mm -hmm. that follow their podcast and 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 their their blog, and so they seem to have found you know happiness with less stuff which is probably ultimately where we would go if we were to follow right. sort of that that perspective mm -hmm. but i think i think it's interesting where in where people find this you know they find some nugget of truth um or sort of some benefit of following or doing things which would i would consider sort of a, a god way of doing things they find enjoyment but they won't acknowledge that god had anything to do right. with it I just think it's interesting when people won't acknowledge the divine in things, hmm. even though that they they find you know some benefit of, of acting and living in that right. way. People that love nature but then sort of don't believe in God. That always amazes me. That I think you're right there. Mm -hmm. You know, I can share truth with you, but ultimately they're going to have to see that mm -hmm. that God is in that, and then. Um, come to realize that for themselves but it, it's interesting to me that there are people like that that are so close well technically we could say that about so many things right i mean romans one something says that creation itself is full of god's invisible qualities i mean his eternal power and his divine nature are clearly seen in the things that he's made but i think we could even take that to Things like our finances, for instance. I mean, we just assume that we have these jobs, we earn these paychecks, and that's where the money comes from. But we've got to back it up and really acknowledge where everything originates. Every good thing given, every perfect gift that we have is from above. Everything that we have comes from Him. So, you know, where you say that it's hard to see these people who kind of are on the right track, but they just don't get the God behind it. I think we can say that about so many things, but that's a good segue. Since we're on finances, it's, it's easier for us to trust in our finances, right? Or our bank account or, or think that we aren't secure because our bank account isn't what we want it to be. And when like what, four years ago or so, when I like, totally walked away from my career one of the biggest things that I had to overcome was but I like the money it makes me safe you know and even though I believed with all my heart that God was calling me out of that to go a different route I was I was scared I mean that money was such a a comfort you know it's almost like I was leaning against this this rock or whatever that was very secure and that was going to be taken away and what was going to hold me up. I, yeah, I remember you going through that. Um, and I, I, I was when I was preparing for today, I figured, I wonder if she's going to mention that because that's a big deal. Yeah. So I've got sort of an issue with going back to the verse and giving things up mm -hmm. you know a lot of people just they think that you only need to give up the big things right um and not the little things and i've tried to be more focused on giving up 
the daily things. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, in the long run, I mean, it's all everything. Um, but before a hearing or something, I'm sitting in, you know, they have pews, at the, ironically enough, at the back of the courtroom. Um, and I'll sit back there and I'll actually, you know, make a, you know, say a quick prayer about the outcome of the hearing that I express my arguments in the best way that I can and mm -hmm. just stuff like that, which ultimately I'm sure God doesn't have a position as to the legal right. argument I'm going to make, but that I do the best that I can do in representing my client. And if asked a question that I have the integrity or the, to give an answer, because sometimes you'll, you'll have a, a judge ask you a question like, okay, counsel, I get your question. Is there any other authority that says otherwise, or, you know, anything that, that, that you found in your research that differs? Mm -hmm. And I have an, ob an ethical obligation besides that, but I want to be, have the integrity to say, your honor, yes, there is a case out there that says this, that was, you know, that held this, that might, that, that would, might give you a dip pause to, to rule in a different manner. And then hopefully my skills as a lawyer would be able to differentiate that. But that, right. cause you know, I, I come across a, other lawyers that, I mean, they just, it's all about the end result. You know, they, they, you obviously, I would never hire them. They have no integrity, question their ethics. And I don't want, I don't want to be known, you know, for that. And I, it's one of the things I tell my kids and everything that you do, you do it for God. Right. Um, and so that kind of thing, I think if you constantly are giving, doing things for God in a way to the best of your ability, I think you're constantly thinking about him. You're mm -hmm. giving him those those small decisions. Right. Um, and I think it's those small decisions that build your character and, and your reputation. And, and, you know, there's verses about how, you know, you're supposed to have a reputation so good that if someone defames you that it's obviously exactly. they're the ones that are going to look silly. I think it's phrased a little differently. Than right. That. But, you know, so that's, that's kind of the, the little things and giving up the little things, I think, is the hard part for people or they don't think about it. You know, maybe everything's going fine. They don't think about giving, you know, making, asking God for help in those decisions until something big happens. They lose their job, mm -hmm. family member dies, and then all of a sudden they're seeking guidance when I think mm -hmm. they could, should be seeking guidance all along. Right. The trust, trust in the Lord in this verse, it, it's meant to be extensive. It's, it's meant to be in, entirely so that every, every square inch of your life is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that kind of goes along with what you're saying. It's not just the big stuff. It's the everyday, ordinary things. You know, even when I lose my patience, well, going back to patience, my little reactions throughout the day, like things that totally throw me off course because that's not the way it was supposed to go, even that causes me my reaction causes me to think, okay, well, what am I trusting in right now? Because if I'm so easily thrown off course, am I, am I trusting my ability to control the day? Eh, that's not awesome because I have very little control over other people or events, right? Well, how would, yeah, how would you make your decisions based on, what, what decisions would you make if you, before you made every decision, ask yourself, you know, the, the bracelet, <laughs> WWJD, right. what, what would Jesus do? Right. Um, because it's just that we react so fast sometimes that we never even get there. Yeah, and, know. and, you know, the example that I gave earlier uh, about the children, Missy's reading a book, or we're reading a book. It's called, um, I don't know if I have the title here, but it's, it's The Love and Respect 
like for the family. Right. Um, and it's Emerson Egerich's mm-hmm. uh, book. Uh, we heard him speak at, at a homeschool convention. And it's the crazy cycle. So your kid acts in a way that you interpret as being disrespectful. And this uh-huh. is maybe just not following directions or not doing what the, you asked them to do. And they may have been distracted and, and not made a conscious de- decision to dis- disrespect mm-hmm. you by not doing it. But you interpret it as being disrespectful. So therefore you get angry and yell at your kid. So now they don't feel loved. And when they don't feel loved and they, you know, they treat you with less respect. And so this, you know, the cycle continues. And before you know it, everybody's crazy. It's called the crazy cycle. But I find myself, I'll give instructions and one or two of the kids have a way of making me react or getting me to react before I, I even think. And so then, you know, Missy's like, come on. We need to, and the part of the book is responding instead of reacting. And I react. I mean, I, I can, one of them can push my buttons and she knows it. So that narrows it down. Yes. To mm-hmm. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's, and that's it. I just, I need to focus more on, on giving that up and trusting that God will help right. me in these situations. Cause you know, he, obviously I, I think he probably wouldn't have made me a parent if he didn't think I could do it. Right. I'm hoping that that's the case or he wouldn't equip me. But so, yeah, the, the, the children thing is a big deal for me. It's a huge thing <laughs> for me, too. I am right there with you. In fact, I went to bed one night last week just sobbing. Like, I can't do this. I can't. I can't be a parent. I mean, it was it was awful. It was, it was a horrible, horrible evening for parenting in the Dalkey household. And it, it's like God so graciously, so graciously, as I was sobbing myself to sleep, just reminded me is... Is he, is Luke yours or is he ultimately mine? And I'm the one who made you his parent. So clearly I think you can handle it. And then just reminded me of how where I'm weak, that's where he has the opportunity to be glorified. If I can be like superstar parent just on on my own effort or based on my own understanding, then where's God get the glory in that? It's, it's a hard thing, parenting. You know, we talked about planting seeds uh, right. earlier. And, you know, it. I, I mentioned it before, and I'll, I'll mention it probably a half a million other times, is that the kids will, will say something. They'll recite something that they have in there. Like I asked, I, I asked Isaac the other day what the... We were talking about Joshua last week and um, asked him what the sixth book of the Bible was mm-hmm. or what was the first book after the big five and he said he recited like the first ten <laughs> and I uh-huh. was like I looked at Missy and I was like wow he actually knew uh-huh. it I was just I figured I'd get all sorts of answers um, you know from Philippians yeah some New Testament <laughs> yeah. books uh, some of the Power Rangers maybe uh, you know whatever he would throw in there but no he showed me up and, and I was happy that he did and um, when they recite something that she's been working on with them, it's it's always there's roots going, and I guess that's the other right. thing, right? It's the roots going down mm-hmm. um, before they you see it on the top of the surface. So that's my that's a struggle for me. All right, it's about time to close out this conversation for today. But before we go, I just want to throw this out there. This was probably one of the most difficult sermons to discuss in terms of how. I am personally living it out in real life. And side note, thanks a lot for that, Marquise. We just barely met. Who does that? Okay? 
whatever. I digress. But on Sunday afternoon, after hearing the sermon in church, my mind was already swirling with how in the world am I going to be so transparent on the podcast without people thinking, wow, she's a piece of work. Jesus really has his hands full with her. But then I had to kind of get my pride out of the way and go back to the whole point of this podcast. I mean, James and I aren't sitting here as self-righteous people who have our lives put together in pretty little sanctified boxes or what have you. I mean, we're all being transformed from glory to glory. And if there's anything I can say about my own walk with God that inspires you to believe him or pursue him with a greater intensity, then I've got to do that. I've got to talk about those things. Even the most shameful things, I am convinced, can be used for God's glory. That's biblical, right? So, I mean, now feel free to take that story of the Ray-Bans and delete it from your mental file because clearly that wasn't my shining moment. But hey, I mean, someone listening may have needed to know that they can call me the next time they're having a crisis of shopping need versus shopping want, because I'm here for that kind of thing, you know? That's the value I bring to the table. Regardless, on that note, I'm hoping the best for you this week. I am hoping that you trust in Jesus Christ with your everything. And we'll see you back here next week for the third stop on the Bible Road Tour.